Welcome to Chatterbox Hub Podcast, a podcast specially created for the love of audio. We aim to be your go-to resource for insights, advice, and engagement with all things audio and not only. During these virtual times, we are all being tested on many levels, both personally and professionally. While business owners are having to pivot their businesses and finding innovative ways of moving forward, their employees are also having to find creative workarounds. All of a sudden, we are all being expected to broadcast like a pro, and not all of us are technically blessed, or feeling confident in presenting ourselves through the various virtual media channels available. To help you ace your remote working and online video meetings, Chatterbox Voices Managing Director Camilla Luxton has invited a special guest in her virtual studio, who will share their insight and experience with you. Welcome to this special edition of Chatterbox Hub podcast, created especially with our clients in mind. We have called this episode, How to Ace Remote Working. And we have good news because we have the impact guru Esther Stanhope with us in our virtual studio, and she will guide us through how to get better at remote working so that we can all make more of an impact. Esther has helped Hollywood stars and global leaders shine live on air at the BBC. And she's a real expert on how we can all learn to overcome common mistakes so that we too can shine. Welcome Esther. How do you find working from home? Hi, Camilla. Thanks so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to, to be working with you today. And um, working from home is, it can be great, but it also can be really, really hard on many, many levels. But first of all, can I just say thank you for setting me up in this studio, this remote studio. It's it's amazing. I've got this kind of virtual mixing desk in front of me that, that Chatterbox Voices has set me up with. So and I've got my kind of boom mic. It took us about, what, six or seven minutes to set up. And, and here we are as if we're in a recording studio and I'm sitting at my desk at home. So, I mean, isn't that amazing? It is amazing, isn't it? I feel <laughs> there's a real connection despite the fact that we are miles and miles away from each other. The thing is, is that working from home doesn't have to be a nightmare. You know, you can get amazing software and technical um, infrastructure around you. And I'm not a techie. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'd be able to set this up myself. I couldn't do it without without your help. But um, I, I suppose on, on many levels, working from home in terms of your work-life balance, well, it's gone out of the window, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, Work-life balance. Um, what, what I do, personally for me, I've got two kids age 14 and 10. Personally for me, um, I've kind of let my kids do their own virtual school because they have quite a lot of interactivity with their friends and their teachers and their, and their school. And I, I'm not kind of like doing structured lessons or anything like that myself because I'm working actually a, a, a lot of the time. Um, also, what I found is with Zoom and Blue Jeans and you know, all the different platforms, Skype, Microsoft Teams. What I'm finding when I talk to my clients, because I, I help a lot of my clients with their communication and their impact and and how to captivate their audiences on a remote level as well as on a live level. But at the moment, it's all remote. What I'm finding is that a lot of people are working all day back to back without breaks necessarily. So, for example, I'm sitting here with this virtual mixing desk in front of me and it's fantastic. And I'm talking to your studio and now we're talking, doing this podcast. 
And yet after this, I've, I've got a call. And before this, I had a call and I was writing up a bit of a proposal after the call. I've still got to do a bit of follow up from yesterday's session. I did a whole live remote gig last night with um, 58 people tuning in live. And, and I, we were doing interactive exercises and we were having virtual glasses of champagne. <laughs> it was great. But, but, if, but, like, but when you think about it, I'm still sitting here in one place with one with my iMac in front of me um, and, and I, my, I've got a mini, 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 mini studio here that I've set up for myself just to make it easier. My mini studio um, is just a, a little office with not any windows because I like to control my lighting. It's 170 metres, uh, sorry, 170 centimetres by 170 centimetres. So I've got this little space that's less than two metres square. And even though I'm going all over the world and I'm doing different jobs and speaking to different people, doing different tasks, if I'm not careful, I'm sitting in the same spot. And now that's weird, isn't it, right? Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. How are you finding it, Camilla? Do you find that you find yourself in the same kind of spot? Um, well, it's interesting, actually, because um, I'm so used to working from home. And when I set up Chatterbox in 2012, it was the year before we had twins. So the year after was very interesting. <laughs> and I, I sort of soon got into the habit of trying to work around having um, little ones there as well. But I never would have thought that it would come to this, that now the whole world <laughs> is doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess it's been a fairly easy transition f for me, but it must be so hard for people who are used to going into an office every day and having that real interaction face to face. Yes. Well, the thing is, I think what I've, you know, anecdotal evidence from my clients is that what they found is they can't treat the working from home day the same as an office day. You can't just get up and start at nine and have meeting after meeting. And I think people were trying to just have meetings and be productive and they were having back to back meetings. But it's really tiring doing video meetings. It's much more tiring than actually a live meeting in a way. And to have back-to-back -back video meetings with no thinking time in between. So my first tip, if, you, if we're talking about tips today, um, of just a general tip about working from home is get out and go for a walk or just get out of the office and do something physical is good because you don't want your back to be in the same position all the time. But definitely, definitely plot times in between your remote meetings and your, your remote working because it takes quite a lot out of you and your brain is doing three or four things at once when you're doing a video call. And video is really important. I mean, video is more more, more powerful than a phone call, on, you know, depending on what the context is. But I'll just give you an example. So, for example, in the television industry, in the advertising industry, you know, I think it's something like £7.50 for a thousand television viewers you'd pay for advertising, £7.50 for a thousand viewers. Whereas for a thousand listeners on radio, you're more likely to pay about £1.50. So it is really important to, to do those video calls, but a lot of people just don't like video. But the thing is, it's all about the context. So for example, a podcast, which is listening, that's a great, great way of keeping connected with people. And, and it's a different kind of communication. It's, it's more something you can have on in the background while you're doing something else. It's a different kind of communication. But, um, but, I, but I think what we've learned now in the, during the lockdown, during COVID-19, is that you, you, have to, you have to check in with people regularly. You have to connect with people. And the best way to make it as, real, as realistic as possible is by having video conferencing and proper um, conference calls with groups of people. 
but it's quite difficult to manage. Absolutely. It's a very, very important point. So Esther, you, you have this fantastic experience and background from the BBC, but do you feel comfortable on camera? Well, this is a really good question, Camilla, because a month ago, I would never have thought that nearly all of my live speaking and coaching business would would become virtual. So I was a, a quite a nervous public speaker before I started my business. I help people to communicate. I help people speak. I help people to um, get promoted by telling stories and being the best version of themselves because my background's all about as a senior producer at the BBC and for many years I've worked in television. My entire career has really been coaching talent, <laughs> nurturing talent, making sure that people are absolutely 100% the best version of themselves when they're live on air. I work in business now, so I work in the city, I work with banks like Barclays, with, I've worked with JP Morgan, I've worked with Deloitte, I've worked with global organisations in lots of different industries. When I first started my business, I was very happy with small groups, even groups up to say 15 or 20. And then... Um, People asked me to speak at events. So they, started, they said, can you come and speak for us? And at first, this is about six or seven years ago, I thought, oh, dear. I'm, I'm really good at helping everyone else be brilliant, but I don't know if I really want to do it myself. <laughs> so I painstakingly did start public speaking. And, and then, then eventually people started asking me to speak at conferences, be a panel guest. So I started building my own business around the fact that I was speaking now. So a lot of my business is about me speaking about being confident, about overcoming those nerves. So, but when it comes to virtual speaking, I think I, I, I had all of the, the, um, the side effects, if you like. So my book about public speaking, Goodbye Glossophobia, it's all about glossophobia, by the way, is the fear of public speaking. I, f I felt all those feelings again when it was about going virtual because I have, I've done lots of virtual things before, but there was something about doing a whole gig and having to, to you know, 700 people are tuning in to this session and I suddenly got the sweats and I started shaking and my mind started going blank and I've, I've, I had to kind of relearn the confidence. Um, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to have to do the power pose, so i.e. get a really good posture breathe through the nose, out through the mouth, smile, eyes and teeth, and go for it. <laughs> and it's quite alarming and scary. But if I can do it, I think you could do it. You know, everyone can do this. It's, we've all got it in us to be able to, to do these remote meetings well. It's not just about surviving them. But I know that one of the things that, you, that holds people back, and you've talked about this before, Camilla, it's about the technical side of it. So so you were saying the other day you were watching a masterclass with just, just tell me what you saw the other day and I'll give you a few examples of, you know, the technicals going wrong. <laughs> it's worrying. That's what I was probably most worried about. No, absolutely. So I had the pleasure of sitting in on a BAFTA masterclass with some top, top uh, directors of photography and a producer um, the other day. And so these are people that are very hands-on and deal with really, you know, complicated technical equipment on a daily basis. And at one point, it was as if you could see, and it wasn't for very long, it was just a few seconds, you saw this sort of um, panic written across their faces because... <laughs> something wasn't quite working with the zoom and then and then it was back to normal but i thought how interesting even you know experienced people who deal with really complicated technical equipment 
um, all the time can be thrown by something like Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I can be thrown by Zoom. Let me tell you, I can be thrown. So a couple of things. First of all, even when I was at the BBC, for one for one year when I worked there, I was working with the Strictly Come Dancing entertainment team, coming up with new ideas, and we had to pitch these ideas to the head honchos at the BBC. And every three months, there'd be like, the pitch day. And every three months, we'd have our pitch ready, we'd have our audio and our, our visuals ready, and we'd put it, we'd put it in the in the presentation, and there'd be a big pitch, and then we'd go to, then we'd practice it in the morning, and it all worked. Everyone would come in, watch the pitch, press go. The video didn't play every single time. The video didn't oh, play. No. <laughs> there's always a glitch. There's always a hitch. There's a glitch. And and what is your best tip for what to do when things go wrong? Basically. Okay, so first of all, when when things go wrong, the first thing is think it through and have a strategy. So if you are doing a live um, Zoom masterclass or webinar, go to webinar masterclass meeting, whatever it is, if something's live, you know, you do want to have technical backup. I mean, if you've got technical backup, then even if you say, okay, so it's, we've stopped recording guys, you know, we're live, but I'm just going to speak to the technical person. I mean, there's, there's, there's loads of things that you can do. It, it, when I was um, producing live shows at the BBC, particularly on radio, just every morning we had an unsaid rule, which was always have a track ready to play if it all goes completely pear-shaped, if we're meant to be doing a live <laughs> broadcast, right? So the track that we always used to have on the shelf ready, um, when I say on the shelf, on the virtual shelf, um, was always Bohemian Rhapsody, because it's five minutes and 55 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so so buying yourself time buying time is strategy one i would say for if things go wrong if you're live and you just and the audience can hear you and it's you're kind of naked you're there like they're watching you another thing you can do is give the audience a task or say okay so i think that there's a technical hitch here or, or this isn't working quite right so what we're going to do is we're going to think about this whatever we were talking about, you know, whether it's your career or whatever. So you think about your career and I'm going to get you to, you know, take a couple of minutes to write down, you know, all the things that you would like to happen in the next year of your career or something like that. <laughs> and just get the audience busy. That's good. That's a really good tip. Yeah. So what you want, so the main thing is that you want time because you need even 10 seconds of time for your brain to think, oh dear. This has gone wrong. What are we going to do? But you, if you have, when you're live, your brain just can't think. You can't think straight because you're, it, it's, you're, it's out of control. Something about being live, isn't there? Yeah, and it's all, but it also gives us such a good energy, I find. Because when I started out in my career, yeah. it was in, as, a, as a live continuity announcer for television. And ah. of course, it would always be, you know, it wouldn't always be, but some, from time to time, there would be some mistakes. But what's interesting, and I hear it as well when I watch television and listen to the radio whenever someone trips themselves sells up or if they do if they fluff or something happens like I just did then <laughs> all of a sudden there's a very tangible um, energy there which is so immediate and so engaging yeah so in yeah, way I'm thinking yeah, you know yeah. by making a mistake so-called mistake you are actually then getting everyone's attention and you're then able to engage even more yeah, there's something about live that's a completely yeah. different experience to, to pre-recorded. Um, if you're live, you just have to go with it and don't think everything is negative and it's all terrible. You have to go with the flow. <laughs> that's right. I, I also like what you were saying about technical support. So 
That's something yeah. I much prefer as well. That's well at the moment we got Mikosh, who is uh, overseeing our the technical side of this um, episode, and it's just really reassuring to have someone there, so you know that if something goes wrong, yes, even so, if it's so not, I think, not live, you know, it's it's all there's a backup plan, and there's someone who knows how to deal with it, and that that way I can take my mind off the whole technical side altogether. Nikos, you've been so brilliant this morning. Thank you so much for helping us set up. But it, it really has been like a live studio, hasn't it? Like as if we're in the studio together. Yeah, that's, that's... great. <laughs> um, in fact, um, our guys at Chatterbox do offer this to our clients as well. If anyone wants to set up a podcast, they can uh, host it for you, which is a real help, I think, to a lot of people and companies um, at these times. Excellent. So, um, Esther, what are your top five tips then? These are my top tips, okay? The first mistake people make is that they have a video call and they don't look into the camera. So I have a very quick, easy formula and it's called Lens, L-E-N-S, Lens, for camera lens. So it's very easy for you to learn and it's very easy for you to take away. So the first tip, L in Lens, L stands for love the lens love the camera lens. Now, people don't look into the camera. But if you don't look into the camera, the audience don't feel that you're giving them eye contact. Do you think your audience wants eye contact? Of course it does. Do you think the audience wants you to look at them? Of course they do. Do you think the audience wants you to kind of gaze at the kind of some at their chin? No, because when you're looking down at the screen, it's like you're looking at your audience's chin or something. So, love the lens and the rules are if you are <laughs> if you are talking, look at the camera. If you are listening, look at the image. But the problem is is that nobody's looking at the camera. <laughs> they're looking at themselves, they're looking at the other people, they're looking at the screen. I know there's technology coming where the camera's going to be built into screens. That is the next big thing. But before we get the next big thing, we've got to start looking at the lens. And I've got a very very funny story about Cilla Black the presenter of Blind Date. You might have heard it, this story before, but Scylla, in the 1980s, if you're old enough to remember it, like me, <laughs> you'll remember Blind Date. Blind Data with Scylla Black. That's my voiceover. <laughs> and Scylla would be like, she used to, she'd cut, she'd go, and welcome, hello, and welcome to Blind Date. And she'd look into camera one. She called her camera one Bobby after her late husband, Bobby. She loved camera one. Camera one was the master camera. Camera one was the main Scylla camera that would capture her. Now, when Blind Date was in its heyday, she had 18 million viewers. But she treated camera one like, hi, I love you. I love you so much. And, and so 18 million people felt that Scylla loved them. So the tip for you is, who is your camera one? Who is your lens? Who is your love, the love of your life? And it's got to be somebody that makes you smile. So that's tip one is love the lens. Tip two, E in lens is eyes and teeth. Smile, that's one of my hashtags, eyes and teeth. If you smile on camera, you look and sound and feel confident and your viewers and your audience will think oh, wow they're so confident they're fine but also we're we're doing audio now we're 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 doing a podcast 
You can tell when I've got a smile on my face, right? My zygomatic major nerves, which are my smile nerves, either side of my cheeks, my above my mouth, they're going up. You can hear when my mouth is going up, can't you? If you're listening to this now, just smile. Make, just make your mouth really, really smile and just say, hello, 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 Camilla. Let's hear hello, you say hello. Esther. Hello. You see, that's a really hello. smiley hello. Hello. And Okay, yeah. now now try and force your mouth to go down the other way. Hello. Say, can you say hello to me with your mouth facing down? Hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah. So you're automatically, automatically you're going, now I'm serious. <laughs> the point is, when you smile, it, it, it um, softens the lower pa- your lower palate, which is, it relaxes your voice. If your voice is relaxed, you're more likely to have a better more resonant voice. So smiling is good for your voice. It's good for your brain because your brain thinks, oh, my zygomatic major nerves are happy. They're going up. I must be okay. (laughs) So (laughs) E is for eyes and teeth, smile. N in lens is for noise. Now we've talked about background noise today on this call before we started, before we started the podcast. We're doing all these technical checks. Feedback, you can hear the headphones, children eating breadsticks. I have got my cup of tea spilling over here. (laughs) You know, there's all (laughs) kinds of noise issues. All I can say is, if you have a a confined space in your house, if you're doing video conferencing or audio calls, but having a confined space is much better for background noise and for generally generally for sound quality i've also got my baffles do you know what baffles are they're acoustic sound tiles <laughs> i've actually got myself only because they were in i'm gonna i'm gonna just demonstrate the sound of this can you hear this that's yeah. actually they're actually they, they are purple um spongy acoustic sound tiles um, and I and I got them in this little space of mine because it's a, it's square and it's quite tall. This little office of mine. And if you go into a recording studio, you know you're more likely to have the egg box style bits of foam around you, which will baffle the sound because the sound you want the sound to be bouncing off objects. So a really good tip is don't try and do conference calls or any audio recording in rooms that have no carpet. You know beautifully varnished floorboards are not good for acoustics you really want a small space but not a bathroom echoey space and it's amazing how much difference it makes and and when you're working remotely it's worth just thinking about what will give you the best quality of sound what will give your voice the best quality so try not to do what um uh professor robert kelly did in in that very famous video bbc interview he did where his children ran in We've all got children in the background now. So, so I mean, background noise is just... I, sometimes you can't uh, control it. My tip if you can't control background noise... So, say, for example, if the dog goes crazy or the next-door neighbour's dog, like, rah, rah, rah. The best thing to do, I mean, if just as my instinct as a broadcaster, is mention it. You know, just if things are going wrong, or there's an obvious sound effect going on, mention it. If you're echoey... Mention it, say, well, you know, the only place I could get to record this today or the only place I could get to do my call was my very echoey something. You know, talk about it. Otherwise, the, the, the audience just think, what is going on? Where are they? <laughs> that is my, that's my N, N for noise. And then finally, S in lens. So we've had L-E-N-S. S in lens is for shot. As in, not as in gunshot, as in 
your video shot if you are doing video. Because we've talked about video. Most people are doing video at some point now. Um, okay, so this is where people are going wrong. It's a horror show. <laughs> I mean, people aren't lighting themselves. People are in uh, diehard style vests. The other day I saw people have got naked partners. People have got all kinds of things going on in their shot, right? General rule of thumb, find the light. We want to see your face. Find the light on your face. Don't have a light behind you. Otherwise, you might look like you're on the witness protection program or you're a serial killer. And so finding light, and, uh, my, my general rule of thumb is have light on you, have light by the side of you to stop horrible shadows and have a bit of backlight so your background is also lit because otherwise it looks like you're in this dingy, dark, horrible room. And if you have light underneath you, you can look a bit like Dracula. Try and get the camera above chin height. It's more flattering. So if you want to look flattering, camera definitely above chin height. If you've got an iPhone or, an, or a, a laptop and it's on your desk and it's pointing up, we don't really want to see nostrils, thank you. Get some books. You can get yourself a little tripod. You can get yourself a laptop stand. So I think, well, that's, that, those, are my, those are my main lens tips, yeah. Yeah, great. Now, you, you recently won the highly recommended award for the short business book of the year. 2020. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. What does this award mean to you? Yay! What does it mean Yay. to you to win an award like this? I've got to say, so my book, and it's called Goodbye Glossophobia, Banish Your Fear of Public Speaking. And I've got to say, on many levels, uh, I am over the moon, overjoyed, humbled, grateful, and really quite shocked. <laughs> and it's probably because... <laughs> First of all, I didn't think I could write because I'm not very good at spelling. I'm actually semi-dyslexic. And my business coach at the time, Kim Duke, said to me, if you can talk, you can write. She's from Canada. <laughs> That's my Canadian accent. She's like, you just write and I'm going to edit you. Just write rubbish and I'll edit you. <laughs> the point is, I can write. Anyone can write. You don't have to be a writer to write. Writing is just putting some thoughts down on a page. And, and it... And it it's relevant to what we're talking about today because if you don't think you can speak, of course you can speak. It's about just rolling up your sleeves and taking a deep breath and just going for it. Um, I didn't think I could speak in public. That's why I wrote the book and I help a lot of my clients speak in public. I was afraid to speak in public. I didn't like the sensation of people looking at me. And I learned to do it and I learned because I did fail a few times and I learned and failed and learned and picked myself up, tried it this way, tried it that way. So... I'm really shocked that, that the book got recognised as a, as a work of art <laughs> or a highly recommended. Uh, I'm so happy because it shows that if you've got some ideas, put them down. Just share, share your work, share your ideas and write them down and start with blogs. And it did started with a series of blogs. Get out there and start blogging. And then you can put your ideas on podcasts like this and you can share your ideas on different platforms. You don't have to be perfect. You know, you are helping people. You have got tips. You've got experience. Just share. Just go out there and do it and enjoy it. Oh, that's brilliant, Esther. I love that. And and so you said you have a blog. Where can we find your blog? And also give us your email address for anyone who wants to get in touch and learn more about how you can support. 
Okay, excellent. Well, I've got my blog and you can buy my book and you can download a free chapter of the book on my website. So if you Google or find me on the website, my name's Esther Stanhope and Esther is spelled E-S-T-H-E-R, Stanhope, as it sounds, S-T-A-N-H-O-P-E, estherstanhope.com. If you want to email me, I'd be really happy to answer your questions about confidence, about speaking, about writing, about conference calls, about about having gravitas and executive presence and all those lovely things. <laughs> Thanks, Esther. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to share your experience and your expertise. I feel really, really inspired and I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast will feel the same. So thank you so much. Thank you, Camilla. It's an absolute pleasure to join you. And I think Chatterbox Voices is brilliant to be able to set you up in, your, in the comfort of your own home. So thank you so much for having me and I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode called How to Ace Remote Working with the host Camilla Luxton and her guest, the impact guru Esther Stanhope. Keep Esther's strategy lens in mind if you want to impress next time you have that important Zoom or Skype meeting. Whether it's a public speaking, blog writing, webinar teaching, or chairing an online meeting, just roll up your sleeves, take a deep breath, and go for it. And don't forget to enjoy it. Stay tuned for more exciting and inspiring guests with our next episodes.